We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Okay, welcome back to another one on Insight. I'm CVV, Chris Van Vliet. You rock. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you for making Insight one of the top wrestling podcasts on the planet. And also one of the top sports podcasts in the world. We've been climbing up that chart too. So thank you for being here. I know a lot of you have been here for a long time. The podcast is almost five years old. A lot of you have been here since day one. On the flip side, a lot of you are just finding the podcast in the last few weeks or the last few months. So thank you. Both categories, both ends of the spectrum, I appreciate you. And we are just getting started. What a fun one today because, ooh, Chavo, Chavo Guerrero back on the show. I was like a very high note that I hit there. The timing couldn't be any more perfect for Chavo to be here with the Iron Claw opening, at least here in the US, on December 22nd. And if you don't know, Chavo has become the guy in Hollywood when it comes to coordinating and doing the choreography for any wrestling scenes in TV shows and movies. He worked on Glow, he worked on Young Rock, and now he's the wrestling brains behind the Iron Claw. So yeah, he's the guy who taught Zac Efron, Jeremy Allen White, and the rest of the cast how to wrestle for this. And I have to say, when you're a wrestling fan, like you look at wrestling scenes like very differently you look at it with a different eye in the same way that like if you're a musician if you know how to play guitar you look at music scenes in movies differently this is the best depiction of in-ring wrestling that you will ever see in a movie and i know that's saying a lot because like how good was the wrestler right i'll say it again this is the best depiction of in-ring wrestling you'll ever see in a movie so we get into all the behind-the-scenes stuff here. Don't worry, by the way. This is a spoiler-free interview. This will only make you more excited to see The Iron Claw, and I know that might be hard because you're listening to this going, I can't wait for this movie to come out. I saw the trailer a few months ago, and I can't stop thinking about it. I, I need to see this movie. When this interview's done, you're going to need to and want to see this even more. And we get into some other stuff here, too, like everything that Dom is doing, Dom, Dominic Mysterio is doing, with Eddie Guerrero's name. I'm just so curious what Chavo thinks about that. So we get into that as well. 
If you're listening to this and you're one of the people who listen to the show regularly, but you don't follow or subscribe, could I ask for your support? And I know a lot of other shows, when they say support, they really mean money. Like, can you support the show by joining my Patreon and paying a recurring monthly fee? That's not what I want at all. Could you just take a second to hit that follow button on the app that you're listening on right now? That one little thing, hitting that follow button, hitting that subscribe button, which is of course free, helps the show so, so much. And as the show keeps getting bigger right now, the number three wrestling podcast in the world as I record this, as the show keeps getting bigger, the guests will only keep getting bigger. So please hit that follow button. And also snap a screenshot if you enjoy this episode and share it with a friend. Tag us on social media so we can share it out as well. On Twitter, Chavo is at MexWarrior. On Instagram, he's at Chavo Guerrero Jr. I'm at Chris Van Vliet, and all right, enjoy this conversation with Chavo Guerrero. There's a there's a lot of buzz for this movie, as I'm sure you know, right? I do know. The, uh, it's been happening for months, but now that the movie's about to come out, I don't know about you, but I've been getting a lot of texts. Have you seen the Iron Claw? What do you think about the Iron Claw? <laughs> what can you tell me about the Iron Claw? You know, when I got approached by Sean Durkin, the director, to help him make this movie, um, I didn't know who the production company was, and I kind—I really didn't. I was kind of like, "All right, let's let's make this movie. It sounds like it's a like a legit thing." And you know, there's a lot of not legit things in Hollywood. Yeah. People contacting you all the time. So then I agreed to it. I was telling my youngest son, who's a junior in college studying film, and he's like, so he researches it, and he's like, oh my God, Dad, it's an A24 movie. I'm like, all right, is that good? Like, I've heard, I know A24. And he's like, no, that's my favorite production company. You don't understand. This is the most incredible thing of all time. I'm a great, awesome. So then as we keep going, you know, they're A24, they still try to pretend they're a small production company, but yeah. they've won like two of the last five Oscars or whatever, you know? Yeah. So they're very, they're getting much, much, much bigger. Um, so it's, it's a really good thing. It's a really cool thing. And just to be a part of it, it's like awesome. But uh, to be more of a part of it, you know, I've, I've said that a lot of times, God, just to be part of it is cool. Yeah. But to have when the director's like, hey, can you help me make this movie? I'm like, that's pretty huge. Yeah, you're not just a part of this. Like when... I was at the press conference, mm -hmm. right? The day after the premiere when I saw you in Dallas. Right. Every single person that sat there on the press conference mentioned you by name and said that they wouldn't be able to like be doing what they were doing if it wasn't for you. That's it, good to hear. You know, you don't get that all the time, even though you, you know, you're putting in the work. But, you know, I just created, I created a bond. Wrestling creates bonds with people. Yeah. Being on the road, traveling on the road, you know, like, you know, working... For, you know, being in the trenches, we call it, with other wrestlers, of course. But also, when I'm training actors, you know, there's this trust that we have to build in each other. They have to, I have to get theirs. And when that happens, you just create this bond, you know. And I think that, you know, I have a bond with all these actors. I know them as people, not just, you know, Zac Efron, the actor, or Jeremy Allen White, you know, the bear. I know him as the guy in the ring. Let's 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 do this, you know, kind yeah. of type thing. So, it's it's pretty cool to be able to um, get that that rapport with people. Yeah, you know, I don't know if there's ever been this much excitement around a wrestling film. Like 
when the wrestler came out, what was that, 15 years ago? Right. Of course there was excitement, right? And that went on to have an Oscar run. I feel like now, maybe it's just the state of the world that we're in right now. There are a lot of eyeballs on this movie from wrestling fans. I was, I was concerned at, at first thinking, okay, are we going to get, you know, a lot of eyeballs in this? How big of a movie this is going to be? How much they're going to put into it? Because there's been other wrestling movies, of course, you know, back, you know, for the last 40 years from Paradise Alley with, you know, Sylvester Stallone, basically. But to see the buzz that an actual production studio, like a legit one, put behind their movie and made, of all the movies that they get coming out, they made us their Christmas release. Yeah. That's pretty big. That's pretty big. And, and it's, that's, you know, one of those <laughs> moments, you know? <laughs> it's amazing. Like, people I haven't talked to in years saw that I went to the premiere and they went, how's the movie? And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, man. You're that, like, and we're talking big names in WWE. Yeah. We haven't talked to in years are like the reaching guys out. They'll call you back and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, call you back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and those people are excited. Right. So if those people are excited, I already know that fans are excited, but if, if, People who are in WWE, people who are in AEW are that excited. I can't, I can only imagine how excited fans are about this. Well, they, you know, they should be. They should be because it's doing a, one of the most influential families of wrestling, a, 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 a service, really portraying their story and not making it a martyr film where you want to leave and slash your wrists. They're actually making this movie like a really true, awesome movie about, it's not, it's not a wrestling movie. Yeah. It's about a family who happens to be wrestlers. You know, does it make sense? Mm -hmm. It's like the Orange County Choppers, that you know, TV show, wasn't really about building motorcycles. It was about this family dynamic. It's kind of the same thing what, what is going on with Iron Claw. It's, yeah, the great thing about this is you don't need to know anything about wrestling. Exactly. You, will, you don't need to have ever watched a wrestling match to appreciate this movie right. and the relationships between these characters. But with that said... This is the best in-ring wrestling I've ever seen in a movie. Ever. Ooh, there you go. It's, it's, got, it's got Guerrero name on it. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's so believable. Because yeah. I think Zach told me he only trained for seven weeks. Right. Is that right? Right. He looks like he's been doing it for decades. We, you know, you, you squish in as much as you can and whatever they can absorb. And every actor's different. But, you know, Zach was able to absorb a lot. So we kind of bit him through it, but, you know, I threw a lot at him. And you, when you're creating the scenes, you know, you have, there's a lot of things you have to take into consideration. You have to take in the script, what the director wants, how the DP wants to shoot it, but also what your actors can and can't perform. So you have to work within their parameters. Once I can get them to, like I said, give me trust and just know that I'm not, I'm never going to put them in harm's way. Safety is the number one important thing for me. Of course, we have to get the shot, but at the same time, I have a hurt actor, and it's bad. So the number one thing is safety, and I won't let them do anything that I, I'm sure they can't repeat a hundred times. Mm. It's one of those things. You know, there's fluke accidents and freak accidents, things that happen, but, um, you know, I, and I explain to the, to the actors, I go, guys, and same thing with my glow girls, you know, everybody on my, that awesome Netflix show, I explain to them, Y'all know how to wrestle. You just don't know you know yet. And they're like, what do you mean? So I, I portray it to acting a lot. What are you doing in acting? You know, constantly you've, I, you're, you're, you're convincing, you know, the studios that you're better looking than you are. You're a better actor than you are. You're taller than you are. You're 
much more handsome or much more beautiful than you actually are. They're like, yeah, well, that's what I've been doing in wrestling for the last, you know, 20 years, 25 years. People, every time they see me, they're like, God, you're, I thought you were a lot bigger. Well, yeah, I portray myself a lot bigger. There's things that, there's little tricks that, I, that we have. And I take a lot of those tricks and put them into the acting, put them into Hollywood. So those, those actors, they're, I'm showing them, I go, you may not be able to do that move and that's okay. Yeah. There's a hundred ways to get from A to B. Let's figure out what's best for you and let's make that work. And then I got a lot of Hollywood tricks as well. This episode is brought to you by Bond Charge, and I have been loving their infrared sauna blanket. And if this holiday season, you're wanting to burn some more calories to help with weight, or if you're wanting to detoxify after indulging in one too many holiday treats, check out the infrared sauna blanket from Bond Charge. It works by raising your heart rate to that of physical exercise, so you're burning calories while you relax. You can burn up to 600 calories in just one session. And all that sweating helps to flush out heavy metals and other toxins. The thing I love about the sauna blanket is it's so easy to set up. It takes less than a minute to set up, then boom, it heats up rapidly. And then you're sitting there 30 to 40 minutes while you're relaxing, reading, watching wrestling, whatever it happens to be, and you're burning calories the whole time. You can save 25% this holiday season, which is a savings of over $170 on the sauna blanket by going to bondcharge.com slash CBV, and then the 25% off code will automatically be applied to your order. This deal is hot. See what I did there? It's a sauna blanket. This deal is hot. Go to bondcharge.com slash CVV to save over $170 this holiday season on that infrared sauna blanket. Winter is here, and for me, that means struggling to find the exact right temperature when I sleep. Too hot, too cold, but recently I found a way to stay at the perfect temperature all night long using silver-infused bed sheets by Miracle Made that were inspired by NASA. Yes, NASA. Miracle Made sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long so you get a better night's sleep every single night. And I think best of all, because they're infused with silver, they prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So that means they stay cleaner and fresher three times longer than other sheets. Number one, that means you're not doing your laundry as often, which for me is a huge bonus. Number two, probably more importantly, no more gross odors. And I'm sure you're going to ask, are they comfortable? Heck yeah, they're comfortable. They're as nice, if not nicer, than the luxury brands or like the type of sheets you'd sleep on at a five-star hotel. Give these a try at trymiracle.com slash CVV to give this to someone you love or to gift it to yourself this holiday season. And we've got a special deal just because you're listening to this right now. If you go to the website, trymiracle.com slash CVV, you'll already save 40%. But if you use the promo code CVV at checkout, you'll get three free towels, our gift to you, and an extra 20% off. And Miracle is so confident here, they're backing this with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not satisfied for whatever reason, you get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash CVV. Use the code CVV to claim your free three-piece towel set and an additional 20% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash CVV to treat yourself, a friend, or a loved one this holiday season.
there is any TV show or movie right now that has pro wrestling in it, they're calling you now. You're the guy in Hollywood. So walk me back. How did you get this role to begin with? You know, after wrestling, you know, when I stepped away from WWE, I was like, what am I going to do? You know, I, I just can't, couldn't be on the road. At that, at that time, we were on the road 200, you know, 50 days a year. There was one year I was on the road. I was in a hotel room 300 days that year. Wow. So I was only home 65 days the entire year. So I was like, I, I, I can't do that anymore. Like, I, not just for mentally, but my body. I knew my body was going to start breaking down. I go, I have to start getting an exit plan. I should have really started five years before this, 10 years before this. But, mm. you know, we're so, the Guerreros are wrestling, 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 wrestling. So when I stepped away, I was like, what am I going to do? Let me possibly, let me try getting into some stunts and some acting. That's what my uncle Mondo did when he left wrestling. He retired with, you know, a SAG, SAG pension and uh, pension and was, you know, all about um, uh, acting in stunts and stuff like that by his mentor, Gene LaBelle, my mentor as well. Um, so I started doing that a little bit. And I was, you know, start taking driving courses and, you know, high fall courses. And my wife looks at me and she's like, why are you doing that? You're, you're not a, just a stunt man. You're like super specialized in what you're doing. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. So like the pieces fell into play and, you know, in the right spots. And I became, you know, the person for glow and that morphed into, you know, young rock and all these different TV shows that I've done, you know, like one-offs. Like I just did another show called, on Apple TV called Loot. With my Rudolph. And they had a wrestling scene? They had a wrestling episode, so okay. they called me up, and I, you know, put Ron Funches to, through it. And, oh, we love Ron. Yeah, Ron's great, right? He's so good. He was a big wrestling fan, so it made yeah. it so much He's easier. He's even had a match. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we, you know, it's like I, if there's a wrestling show, they're, they're calling me, and if they <laughs> if they can afford me, let's do it. <laughs> but, how, like, so how, but how does the original phone call work for, like, we've got this show called Glow that we're working on. Can you be the wrestling? So the stunt coordinator, Shauna Duggins. Uh, she calls me, she goes, Hey, I'm, I'm the stunt coordinator for, for this new TV show called glow. And I'm like, that's like glow from like gorgeous ladies of wrestling. She's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, that's funny. Cause my uncle was the original trainer of the original glow, glow girls, my uncle Mono. Yeah. And she's like, Oh wow, that's great. Awesome. So they brought me in for an interview and they interviewed, I guess they interviewed, I had thought like I was just going in, like getting the job. Like, no, no, no. I had an interview, <laughs> like they interviewed like 10 people. And when I got there, there was, you know, a round table of producers and, and um, EPs and, I mean, just writers and all these different people. So I went in there and kind of like, I just didn't BS them. I basically told everybody like, hey, look, everybody's going to tell you in Hollywood that they can do it. And everybody's full of crap. Mm. I'm going to tell you what I can and can't do. And if I can't do it, I'll tell you I can't do it. But I probably know somebody that can. So let me make a couple phone calls and let's make it happen. They really like that, you know, and it just, so I got the job, you know, whatever it went on. But when the show ended due to COVID and all that kind of stuff, uh, I got an email from um, Liz Flayhive, one of the um, uh, executive, one of the creators, the showrunners, her and Carly Minch. So I got an email from her and she says, Look, this was a a, move, a show about women wrestlers. We had women directors. We had women showrunners. We had women a stunt coordinator. It was women, women, yeah. women, women. She was, we were dead set on having a woman wrestling coordinator. And then you walked in the room. Mm. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah. Like, you, you, what other person could have navigated 
training 14 girls and two stunt girls. And, and, and I go, yeah, I guess you're right. She, it's like, I, I was like, I grew up with women, like my, all my cousins, I was the only cousin <laughs> around all these girls all the time. And I, so, um, I don't know, I guess I learned how to, I guess she said, navigate your way through it, but you know, you just get along and, and, uh, that's how that kind of happened. I don't know. It was really weird. It just, just, it just happened, but I felt like it was going to happen. I knew, I, I was like, well, you know how sometimes you can just tell. Yeah. I'm like, I'm the guy. Just yeah. get me in the room. I'm the guy for this. So how long between you meeting Zach Efron to actually filming the wrestling scenes in the movie? When I first met him in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> we talked a couple of different times. Like and on the phone? Uh, you know, yeah. You know, I have a ring set up in Irvine, California, and he's in L.A. So he first didn't want to come down. I started driving down to, because I have a very private area. It's not like, you know... Because LA is so expensive, it's so hard to have a great training facility yeah. that's not in like, you know, like a, like a barrio or like the, there the really are projects, you know, I think other than Rikishi's school in the Valley, but still, you know, that, that, you know, it's, that's awesome school, but it's not, it's, you know, it's not in a super safe And it's area. also not technically in LA. Right, like, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's really expensive to do that. So, you know, there's not a lot of great places to train that are private, you know, it's one thing if you're going to a school, but look, I'm going to shut down the whole school because I have an A-list actor in my, my place. Well, that's what I have in, in Irvine. Mm -hmm. Super secluded, very, very nice. There's, it's, it's, there's no issues where I could have, I could have, you know, whoever that I could have the rock in there, you know, the number and number A-list, any, any A-list actor I could have in there. And it's super nice for them, um, very clean, great facility, and super private. So that's kind of what we did. And he he first didn't want to drive down, but then he like he, once he came down once, he's like, okay, this is our place, hundred uh, percent. So he was driving an hour. Usually it's me driving up an hour, you know, to a, a facility that we can train people at. But because I'm in Orange County, you know, yep. like we know as you are, I am also in Orange County. But yeah. um, you know, he was coming down, and it was just we had great sessions, man. We had we probably worked maybe ten sessions of just get him in the ring at first and get him, you know, even before we really had the script, like the final script, like just get him familiar with the ring and what we do. And and I always have, I kind of train them like getting a, a child into the into the ocean. You know, you have to show them, hey, this is fun. But also, these ways can kill you. You have to have respect for that. You have to, you know, know your place. And the same thing with them being in a wrestling room, as you've been in. It's it's very dangerous. People think, oh, it's a trampoline, and it's really not. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, really not. It's, it's metal and wood and a little thin mat. And of course, my ring is because it's a shooting ring. I have it definitely more padded and more safe, and it's really perfect shooting ring in. But. Um, I had, had to kind of show the actors like, okay, guys, this, this you got to respect this, but let's let's get to work. So, how different would it be if Zach was training to be a pro wrestler versus training to play a pro wrestler in a movie? How different is your training? Eighty uh, percent different. So different. I'm not training these actors to be in a WrestleMania match. Yeah, I'm training them to look like an actor in. I look like a wrestler in a scene. And and it's really just like move for move i guess really like they're not they're not filming entire matches no in iron claw we filmed entire matches sean durkin the director really wanted to get the feel of a real match and then pick and choose what he wanted yeah. there's other productions that i'm shooting like okay 30 seconds or yeah. 10 seconds or sometimes we want one move 
But Sean wanted these wrestling sequences. So we, if you see one of the opening matches that happens to be me and Zach in, yep. um, that's a, probably a 10, 12 minute match. And we, we filmed that probably 10 to 15 times. Wow. So I, I, and I tell, I tell, you know, the actors, I go, sometimes this is easier than what we do in WWE, but sometimes it's much harder because I can, you know, give me, I'll go 20 minutes in a match at WrestleMania. Great. Let's do it. Or in a pay-per-view, but I'm 20 minutes and I'm done. I go, you're doing this three to four to five or 10 minute match, 10 to 15 times. You're doing it over four hours. And then you're, then you're taking a break to go to lunch and then you're coming back and we're filming it again. Yeah. So that's, it's very difficult. By the end of a couple of those matches that Zach had, he was, he was spent. You couldn't tell in the match, but afterwards he even came to me and goes, man, this is maybe one of the hardest days I've ever had on set. The I said, really? He's like, wow, yeah. The shape that he's in in this movie. I saw him transforming. I mean, he already came in in shape, but he's a machine. Jackson, he's just a machine. But, you know, we'd be training. He'd get off, you know, hey, man, I, I, I got to take a break. I got I to gotta eat this meal. So he's eating a pre-made meal or having a shake as I'm talking to him, you know, and he was constantly just feeding, feeding the machine. There's a reason why he looks the way he does. I mean, he was in contest shape. Oh, yeah. He looks like he's uh, about to step onto a stage it was and, and crazy. compete as a bodybuilder. It was crazy. He looks painfully in shape in this movie. Yeah. You know, I mean, it really, I mean, we were, <laughs> we trained together a few different times. In fact, we trained at my, my house one time. I was like, hey, man, you, he's like, I got to get a workout. And I said, like, well, I'm only, you know, 10 minutes away. I got to gym at the house. I got a really nice gym. So he came in, we trained the house. <laughs> and then my wife, um, she's like, uh, uh, who's coming over? <laughs> and I'm like, um, Zach. <laughs> so, so then uh, he comes over, she comes over, we, you know, we make food and he hangs off for like four hours and my son's there and his girlfriend at the time's there. And, and uh, she's like, does, does this happen all the time? <laughs> like, do you have like actors coming? Well, sometimes, but then, you know, I have a, you know, a 1963 SS Impala convertible that's out in front that uh, was the first car that me and Eddie ever went on TV with wow. that John Cena previously owned after that and gifted gifted it to me after Eddie died. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. I've, since then, I've had a complete redone frame-off restoration stuff, but Zach saw it and was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So you want to go, go for a ride? He's like, yeah. So we went for a ride around the block and you know, I got to pump a stereo in and I'm like cruising up and down the block a little bit, like pump the stereo. Well, as I go up this cul-de-sac and I come back down, well, one of my neighbors comes out. She, they go, hey, you know, no one pumps in brown here like Chavo. And they're like, hey, what's up? What's going on? And so I pull up and Zach Efron's in, <laughs> in, the, in the passenger seat. And my neighbors, uh, his girlfriend was like, oh, do you live around here? And, and I go, this is my friend Zach. And they're like, oh, hi, do you live around here? It's like, she's like, he goes, no, I live in LA. She's like, oh, he's like, I'm thinking about buying a place around here. She goes, oh, you should, you should. It's really cool. He's like, all right, cool. We drive off. And then like a Two hours later, I get a text from her, like, WTF? Was that Zach Efron? I'm like, yeah, I told you it was my friend Zach. <laughs> and she's like, oh, my God. Like, what What the heck? How was that happening? Uh, long story. Wow. <laughs> funny. When you go to wrestling school, the first thing you learn is how to bump. Is that the first thing you're teaching actors? No, God, no. I, I try not to bump them. Okay. As much as I can. I'm as much as, Now, there, sometimes, you know, there's, sometimes you can't avoid it. But I, I work around it. So a lot of times I'll have the actor in there with another actor who's maybe a wrestler in the perfect world. 
that they can bump and it hides those bumps. I mean, that's what we do in wrestling as well. Because a lot of times I'm in there with somebody who's hurt. You'll never tell if they're hurt because mm -hmm. I'm the one doing all their moves. Yeah, and I guess I'm the bump bumping around, moving around. And I, I, I don't know if everyone realizes this. For every actor in the movie, there's also someone who can do the stunt version of that. Yeah, and okay. and but it didn't necessarily the the the, the match with with um, Kevin Von Erich and Harley Race. Yeah, the match with Kevin Von Erich and Ric Flair. Yeah, those were those were actors. Wow. So I had two actors in there who never wrestled before trying to get matches out of me. Wow. You know, Aaron Dean Anderson did one, was Ric Flair. And then um, Kevin Anton was uh, Harley Race. <laughs> he looked great. Just he like, did. He sounded just, just like, like him Harley too. Race. Yeah, yeah, man. I was kind of telling him. He came up to me afterwards at the premiere in Dallas and he was like, he goes, Chavo, you, you made us look so good, man. He goes, I, originally I thought like, oh, okay, we're just going to be the wrestling. But you, he's like, I don't know how you did. Like he was so amazed and i was like man there's just these little tricks and working with the director and working with the editor and working with you and on certain things i mean he he was so appreciative like it was yeah. really cool i go man uh, you made me look good but he's he was like i can't believe you made me look like that <laughs> I was like, wow yeah you can't hide running the ropes and i was actually really impressed that there's that shot in the trailer right where zach is hitting the ropes yeah. hitting the ropes you can't fake that, right? right? And the, right. and if you're not good at it, it is so telling. Oh yeah. As a wrestling fan, yeah. you'd be like, that guy clearly has no idea what he's doing. But Zach looked like he was a veteran in there. You know, some people can do it, some people don't. If he if he couldn't run the ropes great, we wouldn't have had that shot in there. Interesting. You know what I mean, we would have shot something else so that he could do great, like you know. But he did run those ropes great, you know. And first, they, they're always, you know, you've been in a ring and. How many times did they go hit the ring and the ropes? They're like, yeah, we really want to do this. And after like three or four times, like, oh, ow. Uh, oh, I didn't know that this hurts so bad. And in fact, um, I think Jeremy talked about that. It's like, man, like there's everything in the ring hurts. It, I couldn't, he couldn't believe how much it really hurt. But you get kind of used, I, I try to get them slowly introduced to the pain and kind of start liking it. So what does the script actually say when it comes to a match? Does it, does it, Every script's different. Okay. This Let's, script yeah. was, you know, Sean was a wrestling fan, so it definitely had some ideas what he wanted to do and the way he, he you know, talked about things. But still, like, I'm like, okay, hold on. I got that in my head. Okay. So not, I, my job is to make it better. It's like um, that one company. We don't make things. We make them better in a sense. But Alcon or Alcone. But the one scene in there, he... He wanted something to happen in the match, but the dialogue didn't match that. So I pulled him aside and said, Sean, that doesn't, what you're, the dialogue, what you're saying is not matching what we're doing in the ring. He's like, well, let's, well, let's rewrite it right now. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, let's, so we rewrote the script, the, the, the scene right there. We re rewrote the whole little scene, like how they were going, we wanted them to talk so that it matched the match that we were doing. Mm. So that was pretty cool. Like, you know, I, I don't think I got a writer's credit, but. <laughs> you got a lot of credits, <laughs> though. Yeah, I did. I got like three credits. On the three, three. So what are the three credits? Three credits. So one, the the big one, you'll see that one is a wrestling choreographer. You know, the diff terminology in movies, it's always a little different. So this one was wrestling choreographer. So they could have me my own screen credit, which is massive. You know, it goes from, as you saw the movie. Yeah. You know, the actors to the director's to the executive producers and then my lone credit on the screen. Which yeah. Is, I was 
pretty fab flabbergasted. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate you, bro. <laughs> awesome. Because um, I don't think you have a line in the film, right? In the I final did, cut? but it got cut out. The scenes got cut out. And I, you know, when I did that scene, I was like, I, I don't, this is not a super pivotal scene. <laughs> My acting was far beyond everybody else's. <laughs> but no, but uh, um, it wasn't a pivotal, pivotal scene. And you kind of know sometimes they got to trim the fat a lot of times. It's very easy to trim things down. You can't add. It's that's super hard to go reshoots and add more things. That's yeah. that's super costly. Super might as well just let's just get more stuff in there and then we can cut it out as we go. So it wasn't super pivotal that scene. So I thought that may be cut out. And it was. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I knew that you'd be in a lot of scenes in the movie, mm-hmm. but it's such a true testament to how good you are that you almost don't notice you because you're making the other guys look so good in those scenes. That's our job, man. That's my, that was my job actually in wrestling as well. You know, there was um, a, a uh, play called, um, I want to, the wonderful world of Chad Deity or something like that. Written by Christopher, oh, God, I can't remember now. All of a sudden, I'm going blank. I should have thought about it. But um, he wrote this play, and it was I saw it in LA with Betty White was there. It was pretty crazy. And he said, he goes, I had this had you in mind when we wrote this play. I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, it's about a wrestler that's always making everybody else look really good. That's so good that just nobody can make him look good. But that was our job forever. You know, as as guerrillas, we were pretty good in the ring. Our job was really a lot of times to help guys and elevate them and make them look really good. Mm -hmm. And Eddie's, that was Eddie's job for years until finally they thought, God, this guy's really good. Let's see if we can (laughs) propel him somewhere, you know? But for years, he was making people look good. I remember in WCW, uh, Eric Bischoff came out of the ring and Conan had, was, was not having great matches at the time in, in WCW. And then, Eric put him with Eddie and they came out of the ring and 
Eric runs up to Conan and goes, oh my God, I could knew you could do, you such such a great job. And we all looked at him like, it was, it was Eddie, what are you talking about? It was 100% Eddie. Yeah. And I'll call you out on that one, Eric, 100%. <laughs> and maybe he was just giving Conan props because it, it was all Eddie. Eddie made him look like a hundred, like a million dollars. Yeah. But that was how good Eddie was. And that's what we just learned from all of our family. That was, we're supposed to make people look better. But in the, in the movie, back to that, your question, that is where, where Sean Durkin approached me and said, hey, can you play this role in the movie? Was, I'm playing the original Sheik, Ed Frott. The original Sheik, the, the first one who was Sabu's uncle, who was, I remember watching him as a kid. He used to rush for my grandfather and he was so maniacal and sadistic. It was so crazy. But when he asked me to play that role, and at first I was, I didn't want to because I'm, it's going to take me away from watching behind the camera with Sean. How are we going to, you know, shoot and tweak these, 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 these scenes? Um, you know, because I'm constantly, you know, in any Russian scene, I'm behind the camera with, with the director and really looking how I can, you know, pivot the rushers to a sort, certain cameras and kind of tailor the scene to make it look better. Um, so he said, I, I, this is just a, a pivotal part of the movie. I really, I need you in it. I said, okay, let's do it. I'm glad I did it. You know, yeah. it's, it's a great thing, but. Um, it's the first wrestling sequence we see in the movie too, isn't it? For the, yeah, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think when it starts off with um, Holt. Like Fritz, McCallum, yeah, Fritz way back. Doing, doing that very start. But, but it's. Yeah, yeah. So it's Zach's kind of, it, first match. It, it, it was, that's why Sean came to me to do it. And, yeah. Um, I tell you what, though, after we shot that, because that's the very first scene that we, sh wrestling scene we shot in the movie, even though it doesn't play first. Um, after that, any question that any executive producer or di the director or the line producers had, it was just, just give it to Chavo. Whatever Chavo says, let's <laughs> do it. But at first, he was like, you know, I would get questioned at times. We can't do this. Well, why? Well, well you know, you know, and then I totally get it. They're, they don't, they don't know who I am. They don't, I mean, they yeah. trust me, but they don't know that after that scene, what I said, <laughs> was there any point in in your career of doing this where they go you're not really a hollywood guy i get you're a wrestling guy but you don't see things as a hollywood guy no, no because I, I i didn't come in the very first time and pretend i was a hollywood guy i would definitely um step back and let the hollywood people do their part mm -hmm. and then me do my wrestling part but I'm a really good learner by watching. And that's how I learned kind of how to do all this, really, from not only from my family, but from watching Vince McMahon, from watching Kevin Dunn, from watching Triple H, from watching all these guys and how they did. They didn't take me aside and Vince wasn't going, okay, Chavo, this is A, you know, A, B, C, D, D, how would you think? No, but I learned all that by watching him. And then same thing with Hollywood. Once I started getting it a little bit more and a little bit more, I had some really, really good teachers, really good people that I was watching. Um, but that's kind of how I became that guy. So now I am that guy behind the camera. So eventually I'm going to, I'm going to direct. That's where I'm going. Wow. Like I, I follow directors all the different time, all the time on different movies and really kind of watch the same thing, studying how they do it. That's my next role is directing. That's really where I'm going. Um, do you have a script? I'm writing one right now. Is it about the Guerreros? Uh, it's not about the Guerreros, but it's pretty awesome. I, I don't want to give away too much. Okay. It's got something to do with wrestling, but uh, it's pretty good. In fact, uh, Dave Batista my boy Dave, um, his, his production company, Dogbone Entertainment, he's got his own production company, the whole thing, and uh, we're doing a little collaboration, and 
hopefully we'll get this thing made. Oh, this clip is going to be played back in like two or three years when this movie gets I hope made. so, man. I hope so. You know, I'd really love to at least, if I'm not direct it, at least, you know, you write it, you're a screenplay. I'm going to have a lot of say in it for sure. But uh, we'll see. We'll see if that, that one goes through. I got a, a few different ones. I, you know, like I create as well. I created the Tales from the Territories with Seven Bucks with, with Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. And we, um, we shot that. So that's kind of on the realm as well. It's creating stuff and just, you know, you're, to make it in this business, you have to have a lot of irons in the fire. You really do to kind of really, you kind of, until you become, you know, Spielberg or the, you know, the, the producer, main producer guy or whatever it is, you got to kind of be really good at everything. Mm. And those guys are, those guys, the reason why Sean Durkin wrote this movie, because he wrote it, he, he helped, you know, with the D, his DP, uh, Matias, really, they, they worked together on, on how, like, I was like, they were connected to the hip. You know, so you, Sean at one another time, I see him get a little frustrated in the, in the, in there and we're filming this wrestling scene and I'm like, what's wrong? He's like, man, he's like, I don't have a cut part. I don't have a cut point. Mm. I'm like, okay. He's like, I I'm really good at editing. I just know that I don't have a cut part. I said, what do you need? He said, great. Hold on a second. So I went to the actors. I said, this is what I need you to do. Let's do this, do this, do this. I'll just shoot it. Like, ready to shoot it. So they shot it. We got done. And then Sean looked at me and goes, that's what I needed. Man. Because he needed this cut point. He needed it. And then once we had that, okay, great. Now, because he can see, he can visualize where he's going to kind of splice in a sense, splice that together. And, um, you know, it's, it's editing and he can just see that. So he just didn't have it. So he explained it to me. I got him the shot. Do you think with what you've taught Zac Efron and Jeremy Allen White, that if they were in the ring with a veteran, they could have a match on Raw this Monday. Really tough. Really, really tough. Now, not saying that they aren't awesome, but I didn't train them for that. Yeah. I didn't train them to go to a match. Give me a month with them. Absolutely. Jeremy was incredible in the ring. He was so good. He would just kind of sit in, in the corner and kind of thinking, I'm like, you're right. He's like, oh, yeah, hold on, hold on. He's like, all right, I got it. Let's go. Wow. Yeah, he was really, really good like that. Um, they're all really good, just in their all different ways. But I, I didn't train them to go have match. I trained them to look like a wrestler in a scene. But give me time with them. Like, if, if I was training them for a match, it's totally different. It's a different thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? That feels like the Logan Paul method. Logan Paul, man, he's doing an awesome job. He's doing great. But when we talked about that, he, I almost feel like he's doing perfectly for a celebrity. But those kind of matches is not the matches that we actually do in the wrestling ring. Yeah. You know, he's planning a lot of things, you know, A to Z. Yeah. They look great. You know, he's doing, he looks amazing. And the, the emotion that and, he And has. not to take anything away from him because he's far beyond, I think, anybody. All, a lot of the wrestlers that I see now, he's doing so much better. Than Even him. Triple H was like, he's has no business being this good. No, 100%. Yeah. But at the same time, we don't really do that. I don't, I don't work on a match for a month. Yeah. Or six weeks. I, you know, man, God, so many times we would just go in there and call it like a pay-per-view match in the ring. Eddie called the match with him and JBL when Eddie got all the color, all he was bleeding all over the place. Remember that? It was like oh, yeah. when he dropped the belt, I believe it was. Um, he called that match in the ring. Originally, Pat Patterson had come up to him and goes, hey man, how about we do this? How about we do that? And Eddie just didn't feel it. He he looks at Pat and he looks at JBL and, and JBL will tell you that. He goes, man, I, and he goes, I, 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 I don't, I, I don't feel this. Do you, do you mind if I just 
go in the ring and do it. And they're like, okay, this is the main event of a pay-per-view. Okay. And he went in there and called the entire match out there. Wow. When you call it, it means you're playing by feel. It's almost like a comedian. You have the comedians that are really good, that they have their jokes, they're set from A to Z lined up. And it's great when it goes right. But when it doesn't go right, it's really bad. Yeah. I love the comedians that are, you know, they have an outline, yeah. but they're able to play off the crowd and really, you know, they, they say some jokes here and there, but they, you know, wherever they go, wherever the night takes them, you know, and those, that's, I love those kind of comedians. That's the wrestlers I love as well. It's a yeah. kind of becoming a lost art, but you know, guys like, you know, like Triple H and Shawn Michaels and those guys were so good at it. You know, they're really, really good. Was there something that Zac Efron did in the ring that you were like, I can't believe you're you're picking this up so quickly? I've got a lot of things. A lot of things. They all did something in the ring that was really, really good. Where I was like, kind of, you know, like shake my head, like, wow, okay, that you weren't supposed to be that good, but because you're doing that, that gives me another idea. I think you can do this, and I would make it a little bit better. Zach's cross body was very impressive. Well, I told him on that. I was like, hey, man. So we start off very slow off the bottom rope to the second rope to the top rope with pads and everything. Uh, but I, once we got to the top, I said, okay, look, the higher you go, the easier it is. And he was kind of like, what do you mean? I said, the reason being is that as me as a spotter, if it's so low, I can't catch you. I mean, my reactions have to be so fast, but when you jump so high, you're floating. I can see you and you can see me. It seems like it's going to be harder, but it's easier. So he just trusted me and we, we just went for it. Like I still have the, you know, the video on my iPhone of us practicing, you know, oh, wow. and him jumping like, whoo, like oh, high. I was like, whoa, that's going to be great. So then on camera, he jumped so high, he jumped out of frame. I'm like, okay. So now we had to shoot it, pull back a little bit. Let's shoot. That's how high he goes. I was like, wow, amazing. And he just said an interview where <laughs> when he just got done jumping out of, you know, cross body and some guy in the audience was like, now nah, boy, you're really flying now. And he was like, like, holy moly, I know he's doing right. But, you know, they, that's the whole trust. Yeah. There's they, another they example had there. had to trust me. You're the guy catching him. And I don't know if everybody who's seen the trailer realizes that's you in there. Right. In that very pivotal scene. Right. That's just another example of you shining the light on somebody else. Well, there's two ways to catch somebody in wrestling. You catch them with that force, bam, and you really show that. Or I slow them completely down. I don't care if they're a 300-pound guy jumping on me. I have to grab them catch them around like like my arms around their waist and I have to slow their body weight down so they hit with a lot less impact. Because we're taking that right to the wrestling mat, not with a pad, a stunt pad. Every time we shot, it was right to the mat. It hurts mm. coming off that high, you know, it really does. And you have, I can't expect them to know how to fall like a wrestler. I, as the wrestler, have to protect them. And that's why a lot of times I need a wrestler in the ring and certain scenes. People that are familiar with the Von Erich story obviously know it's it's tragic, right? Right. I didn't think I'd be like as emotional watching this film as I was. I don't want to give too much away. Right. We've been really good here at right. being like completely spoiler free during this. But the scene towards the end, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Right. It's like, oh, oh, it got me. You know, that goes, that's all, not only the story, amazing. It's an amazing story, of course. But, the way Sean shot it, he got you so invested to the characters that you really give, you give a shit about them. Yeah. You really do. You really, even if you've never, don't know who the Von Erich family is and you don't know who wrestling is, 
You care about those characters. And when those things happen to them that happen, you're like, 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 oh my God, like, I, I can't believe this just happened. Like very <laughs> Game of Thrones is, I'm, I'm rewatching Game of Thrones right now. And it's amazing how they kill these main characters. And I'm like, ah, I forgot, I <laughs> yeah. forgot. It was amazing. But you know, that's what, that's what we do in wrestling. We, we tell stories and we have to get you invested to me as a wrestler. For instance, I think I've told this before, but one movie I saw had all of these, you know, explosions and the whole movie was this real big high flying, crazy car crashing, things exploding all over the place. Well, after 30 minutes of explosions, I get it. Okay, you can blow some stuff up. Yeah. And tell me a story. Like, make me care about these characters. And then at one point, the main character, like, his friend dies and, you know, there's still explosions going on and he's like, no. And Which Fast and Furious movie are you talking about? <laughs> well, <laughs> in a sense, that wasn't that, but yes, the same thing with those. But like, that's how those movies are supposed to be. But when somebody dies, you don't really care about the guy. You're like, okay, just yeah. blow some more stuff up. You don't care. And I think we talked about them the last time, maybe on your on your podcast. But then at the same time, I saw Bridges of Madison County. And not that I wanted to see it, but I did. My wife took me to see it. Not one explosion, but at the end when Clint Eastwood was going to go to Meryl Streep and didn't go and it was raining and there's this little podunk town at this little stoplight and he didn't go to her. I was heartbroken. I was mm. like, oh my God, the, the, the movie ended and I just sat in my seat like, like dang, why? Why didn't you go to her? Like I almost wanted to cry. But it's because he got me invested in the character. Yeah. And that's what we do in wrestling. Yeah. The same thing and that's what we do in movies. It's very similar. If I wish I would have known, I would have been involved with movies before I was a wrestler. I would have been a lot better wrestler. That's interesting. Absolutely. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How important was it for you to have these actors wrestling like Harry Von Erich, Kevin Von Erich, like Ric Flair, like any of the big names you have in the movie? Because it's one thing just to learn those moves, to make them look realistic. Right. It's another thing. It's like leveling up to go, yeah, but you got to make it look like Ric Flair. Okay, who can look or like Harley Ric Flair? Ric Flair is so iconic. It's very difficult to look like Ric Flair. It's very difficult to look like a Kerry or Kevin Von Erich, a David Von Erich. Very, very difficult. So we try. I can teach them the moves all they want, but, you know, I try to get their innuendos, like the stuff that they do in the ring, their little tells that can tell who that is. Yeah. I can throw a dropkick, but can I throw a Kevin Von Erich dropkick? Totally different. Mm. I try to get Zach to throw Kevin Von Erich dropkicks. And, and you know, it was trial and error. Sometimes it works, sometimes it didn't. Yeah. But um, I think they, they, we kind of grabbed that essence a little bit, you know. What does Kevin think of the movie? Kevin really liked it. You know, we were curious on that because, you know, this is, this is his story yeah. about all of his family that, you know, tragically passed. And he, he really liked it, you know. And, and um, I think Bruce Pritchard just said, you know, this is very, you know, it was, it was really good, but it wasn't 100% accurate. We're like, well, duh. This is yeah. a based, Bruce, it's based on a true story. What movie is ever exactly the same? This is not a documentary. Yeah, this but is I a mean, movie. One, one Von Erich brother isn't even in the movie. 
Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and I brought that up to Sean when, when I read the script. I said, you know that there's yeah. the other... That's Chris Von Eric's not in the movie. Yeah. And, he, and Sean had a great point. He just said it just was, it's just too much. Yeah. It was too much tragedy. I mean, we only have a certain amount of time to tell the story and where, you know... Yeah, to go from two suicides to now three suicides. Exactly. And I, and I explained to... Was it... It's Carrie's children. So I don't know. I think it was Lacey and, and Holly... And they kind of mentioned, you know, Uncle Chris is in, in the movie. And I said, well, let's think about where the movie wanted to go. Are we telling a great movie or are we doing a documentary? Two different things. Mm. And they're like, yeah, you have a point here. And I said, the documentary, we're going to put it on, on Discovery Channel, you know, the whole three-part series, you know, whatever. Great. Let's do it. To tell it justice. I go, but for a movie, I mean, who wants to see a three-and-a-half-hour movie? Yeah. With more and more tragedies and more and more, that's tough. Yeah, that's the biggest complaint about Martin Scorsese's new film. It's right. too long. It's too. It's well, three and a half hours. Our, Killers our of the attention span is so small now. You know, anytime I go to see a three-hour movie, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I have the time for that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I got to take, I got to the bathroom halfway. Yeah, by the, by the time you drive to the theater, watch the trailer, sit through the film. Exactly. Drive I home, little, yeah. I'll watch it at home on my, you know, my theater at home. Yeah. And... You know, I can pause it when my wife's talking or I can go, you know, I can fall. I'm getting tired. Let me, you know, start this again tomorrow sure. all day long. But three, three and a half hour movie is very yeah. tough to watch. There's a line at the beginning of Cody's entrance theme. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Obviously, that's the Rhodes. That's also the McMahons. Right. That's the Guerreros. Sure. That's also the Von Erichs. I'm sure there's some other Absolutely. ones you could throw in there. Yeah, we got the, I mean, the, the Blanchards, the, the Ortons, the whole... Samoan dynasty. I mean, there's got so many, so many of them, but yes. I feel like they could make a movie just like the Iron Claw about your family. They probably can. You know, we've had, we've had some definitely triumphs and some tragedies in there as well. Um, I've had people reach out to me, Pedro Pascal. Wow. Talked about it. A couple of other, uh, um, the lead from the Mayans. Would Pedro play Eddie? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Crazy, right? But, but, We've had some people reach out and, 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 and do some stuff like that, but are we still writing our story? You know, who knows? It's like, who knows? Yeah. You know, that's very possible. I, I feel like the story is still being written. I mean, the fact My that- My story is, at least. The Chavo Girl Jr. story is still being written, but Girl story, we definitely could, you know? Your story in Hollywood's really just getting written. It's like it started. 20, baby. 30 years from now, we're going to be talking about all of the wrestling films that you were a part of. You know, you, I hope, <laughs> I hope, you know, I hope we continue doing that. And not just the wrestling films, the other films, you know, I, like I want to branch out from not just wrestling. Once you become a director and start directing like that, you, you have that eye or you don't. And hopefully, hopefully I'll have it. I feel like the story is continuing with everything that Dom is doing these days. Yeah. Dominic Mysterio is killing it, right? He's doing so good. I mean, he's, far beyond where he should be in, in, as far as being good as well. And it, part of that is growing up with Ray as his right. father, or is, or is Eddie his father? Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, that's, that's pretty cool to see them doing all this stuff. And you, we talked about that before. You get a lot of people, especially because of Eddie and how monumental and like cults following he has and how many people see how really great he is and was um you get a lot of people really trying to capitalize off of the guerrero name and eddie's name you, you, i see it all the time i mean 
you, I mean, I just saw it on a house show the other day I was on and they started doing Eddie spots and I'm like, why are you doing that when I was next after you guys? And they're like, oh yeah, we didn't think about that. I'm like, guys, I get it, but you just did it and everybody thought about Eddie. They didn't think about you. Mm. And they're like, yeah, you're right. But I see that a lot. If anybody can do it, Dominic can do it and Ray can do it because of what, you know, the history with them and stuff. Um, when you started seeing Dominic growing out his hair, having yeah, the Eddie I mean, moment. He looks, he looks like Eddie, right? He looks an er, awful lot like Eddie. Er, eerily, right? I think I, there's... Is he really, is, is Eddie's poppy? I don't know. I, you tell he, me. You know better than me. Right, right. I guess this is a question for Angie. <laughs> like his father <laughs> is five foot four and yeah. Dom's six two or whatever. Well, then Eddie was only like five seven two. So maybe somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they're, they're, they're doing an awesome job with it. And which I like is that they, they kind of let it go. They didn't continue doing it. He's still not saying, like, it, that was very prevalent in the early parts of their storyline. But now I don't even think Dom's even really. He does the frog splash. He does the frog splash. He it looks, looks just like, Eddie, like Eddie's. 100%. He's got, he just got a great frog splash. He does. Yeah. And that, and he knows, I mean, doing that frog splash, it, it, it knocks the, the crap out of you. It, it hurts you sometimes more than hurts the person down there. So He doesn't do the three amigos anymore. Good. <laughs> I like that. Thank you very much. Thank you for not stealing everything. But is is it and, and you know, obviously he's paying homage to Eddie and your family. Is there Well, he's also collecting a big paycheck for as well. And I don't know he certainly if, is. if the paycheck wasn't there, would he still be doing it or would he have got moved on to Im imitating somebody else? That's what I always kind of wonder wonder about. It's like, okay, hold on a second. Because the, you know, the zeros behind those numbers are are probably pretty big, especially right now, the way WWE is paying. To me, it's like, also, it's great. Awesome. You're paying homage, but are you, what's your motive? Is, is there any part of that that bothers you? When Eddie's daughters aren't reaping the benefits, yes. Mm. To me, I'm always looking and, and if anybody should be making the money off of Eddie Guerrero, it should be Eddie's daughters. I'm sure they're still making money off of the merchandise. I, I don't know if that's correct. Okay. All right. I don't know if that's correct. At least talking to them about it. Wow. I'm not them. I'm not the say all be all, but that's something that I would definitely wish that they were. Yeah. You know, that, I mean, they, that's their dad. They shouldn't have to worry about, they should have, that should have been in their, you know, their, his will, his, his persona his name and likeness should be to them just like elvis presley elvis presley went to first went to priscilla but his granddaughter who uh was in that when the, the tv show riley yeah she owns graceland now wow that went to her she had to fight priscilla for it a little bit from what i'm understanding but um she owns that it's it's the the daughters you know and then after um, her mom died. Um, Lisa Marie. Lisa Marie. After yeah. Lisa Marie died, went to her. But Lisa Marie had that owned that Graceland stuff. So I, I just Eddie's daughters don't have something mm. like that, and I and I really that upsets me a little bit. I mean anybody, right? You sure. think should have gone up to the daughters for sure, but yeah. So that's maybe something we hopefully we can change. Yeah. In the future, I really would wish them because it's not for me. I don't really need to. I got my own thing. Yeah. Let them make the money off of, off of their father. Do you think about Eddie every day? Yeah, he's always there, man. He's my brother. You know, technically he was my uncle, but God, we were so close. We grew up as brothers. He was three years in age difference. 
That absolutely. And you know, anytime you're on social media, I, I get posts every single day. People posting or tagging me on Eddie's stuff. So I see it every single day. So do I think about him a hundred percent, but, um, it's good. It's a good thing. You know, maybe it helps you not forget, but also sometimes you just want to move on as well. Yeah. Well, he has such a legacy. It's such a legacy in, in this sport. He absolutely does. He absolutely does. And he was just so good at, at his, at his craft. Speaking of social media, why did you decide to be at Mex Warrior on Twitter? You're at Travel Guerrero Jr. on Instagram, at Mex Warrior. Because well, Twitter was the first, kind of really the first big time social media where you get all your stuff out there. You know, we had Facebook at the time. Facebook wasn't that yet. I used yeah. to use it for like, you know, my own personal things from people from high school and that kind of stuff. But Twitter and somebody already used at Chavo. Okay. And oh, just Chavo. And at Chavo Guerrero. And oh. I, th I believe they used at Chavo Guerrero Jr. So I'm like, well, what else am I going to do? So that's why I used at Mexican Warrior, at Mex Warrior. That's why I did that. Um, and I don't know. There you go. I feel like you could probably get at Chavo Guerrero back if you wanted to. If I wanted to pay for it, right? I no. mean, but is it? I don't really? know. Make some sort of like a trademark claim and just be like, hey, that's my name. Yeah. You know, yeah. But, you know, people <laughs> trademark, you know, dot coms and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Know, thank God I own childgrowjr.com but yeah. there's other things that I that I that I tried to get that um you know were <laughs> were taken already. Yeah. There's people that that will I mean that's a great little hustle a little side <laughs> hustle they actually trademark all of these domains yeah, like and then we'll sell them off. Yeah. You know somebody wants them so you trademark I don't know like a like a nike.com before nike and the nike's got to buy it from you. Yeah, of course yeah. that didn't happen but just something like that, you know. How often do you keep in contact with Dwayne Johnson? Um, with his production company a lot with Dwayne himself, Dwayne's pretty busy guy. Sure. If I need to call, to call him different story, I could call the people to get, to get a message to him a hundred percent, but he's he got, pretty hands on during young yes, rock. Yes. He was definitely hands on during young rock. Um, really the, the main wrestling guys with was, um, Brian Gerwitz and myself. We really had a lot to say with the wrestling, but we always deferred to, to Rocky, to, I still call him Rocky, <laughs> to, yeah, to Dwayne. Yeah. We really de deferred to Dwayne because that's his shows, his character that we were putting, his story. Hmm. So any of the wrestling stuff, we kind of would run it by Dwayne a lot of times. And, you know, he'd give the, the thumbs up or, hey, change that, um, add this, you know, stuff, stuff like that. What about uh, Vince? So you talked about Vince earlier on. What do you think is the biggest thing you learned from working with Vince McMahon? Vince, I've learned a lot of things what to do and what not to do as yeah. well. Um, you know, Vince, he's, what I've learned from Vince is the main thing is this. And it's coming from Vince's mouth to me. He goes, you know, Chavo, and his, his voice, his deep voice, he's got this. Everyone does a Vince, I love it. Chavo, I have, I have failed a lot more than I've succeeded. But when I succeeded, I succeeded very big. And it made me think, like, he was not afraid to, to crash and burn you know he if he helped finance the ali and noki fight he helped finance uh uh evil knievel jumping the snake river if i'm wow. not mistaken this is things i've heard of course i'm <laughs> was not there but those you know those, those weren't real there's a lot of big flops but also he financed you know wrestlemania by mortgaging his house and mortgaging everything and he told me he goes if this wasn't a hit if wrestlemania one was not a hit he was done. Wow. And of course, look what it turned into. But 
I learned that. You know, I really learned that from Vince was, was don't be afraid of, afraid to fail, you know? Yeah. And you never lose. You just learn. Yeah. You really, you really don't, you know? And I wouldn't be where I'm at now with my failures in the past. Mm. They put, they put me on this path and made me make certain and right decisions later on. It's pretty amazing because a lot of wrestlers don't think about life after wrestling. Right. You, you were very good at going, all right, what's, what's next? Maybe you could have done it earlier, like you said. Absolutely. But this career that you're doing now has the potential to overshadow what you did before. Yeah, that's, uh, I just got that from Eric Bischoff the other day. We, we were having a beer at one of the Russell, Russell Cades, you know, Russell Oh, yeah, Russell Cades. Cade, yeah. We're having a beer and he goes, Charbo, he goes, this is from his mouth and I don't know his opinion of mine, but he goes, out of all the people that got into, into Hollywood, you're doing the best. And I was like, okay, hold on. There's Dave Bautista, there's John Cena, there's The Rock. And he's like, he goes, well, with, except for exception for The Rocks, who's got his own production company stuff. He goes, but you, well, you're, everybody else has a shelf life in a sense. Yeah. He goes, yours doesn't have a shelf life. You can do it until you, you know, can't think anymore. You could be 85 years old still doing what you're doing. I go, I guess you're right. That's true. But I didn't really think about it that way. I just, you know, I've been on camera a lot. And, and that's very, very hard for wrestlers. We're such egomaniacs that we have to be to be in that position to be a pro wrestler. Yeah. But I just feel that, like, I, I didn't want to stay on camera and have to, okay, I got to be the one. On, I, I've done that. I want to be behind the camera. And it's much more rewarding to me. Like, I see what something starts out on paper or as an idea and we follow it all the way through and then I see it on the screen yeah. or on TV and it's like, wow, that was a lot of hard work and we got it done. Like, yeah. that's pre it's pretty cool to see that. It's really, it makes my, it's <sighs> me, it makes me think, it makes yeah. me use my mind a lot. Wrestling, being in the ring was just, to me was just second nature and I, I, mm. I didn't, it was just like a sixth sense. I didn't have to think. It just, just happened. Yeah. Like, but in, um, in Hollywood, you definitely do have to think and and just really use your brain. And kind of, it's like a Jenga puzzle. Constantly, like, <coughs> like uh, I'm doing like like Rain Man. I'm like, okay, the square root of the hypotenuse, the right triangles. <laughs> I'm putting all these things together. Like, okay, that has to work. And this, and then I got to put this camera and this camera angle on, and I got to use this actor's ability. But then I got to change that because I got another actor in here, and then we got a script. And it's 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 a lot of juggling act. It was, yeah. it was awesome, man. When you get it done, it's it's, it's amazing. There's sometimes that I'll just sit. In the ring, I'll go to the ring before we shoot. I'll get there an hour before and I'll just start looking at placement where I had, okay, okay, I had placement of these guys here and I'm kind of like <coughs> really thinking about how, how am I going to, how am I going to, how are we going to shoot this? Is that right? Maybe I should pivot these guys on this part of the sequel, of the wrestling choreography this yeah, way. Yeah. And then there's another thing, like, like sometimes they bring in different cameras that I didn't know they're going to have. For instance, on Young Rock one season, um, they brought in a crane, a jib, a crane, yep. crane camera. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know you're going to have this. I said, hold on a second. I said, okay, when we first shot there, we had, at one point I had one of the wrestlers pressing another one of the wrestlers and then dropping them and going to something else. I said, well, now you have the crane there. What if I had, if the rest, if the actor can do this, I'm going to have him press this other act, this actor and hold him for like two or three beats until I see that crane pull out. And as soon as that crane starts pulling out, I'll have him drop the, the wrestler. But when he drops, I mean the wrestler, the actor, drop the actor. But then I had him circling to his left, but, or I had him circling to his right, but that's crossing B camera. 
that camera plays really good on this part. So I'm going to have him, it's going to seem weird, but I'm going to have him cross to the left and then face B camera after that. So we shot it and they're like, that's just, that's a shot. That's yeah. it. So it's a very fine line because I'm not directing, at least not yet. I'm not directing. I'm working with the director to have, to get him that shot. Yeah. In a sense, you know, it's, it's, it's a fine line. I'm not trying to step on any toes, but I'm just, we're tr both trying to put on the, the best, you know, the best scene as possible. Thank God I've had only great directors that saw that. They're, yeah, absolutely, let's do it. Yeah. And I haven't had the people that are like egomaniacs going like, no, I'm the director and I say it. So you, until that, when that comes, and it'll, yeah. it'll be, you know, and you, sometimes you just got to shut up and like, all right, this, you're the director. And they, you know, and... There's a lot of times that I second, I second guessed Vince McMahon and then afterwards I'd see it on TV and I'd be like, damn it, he was right. <laughs> you know? So we've both seen The Iron Claw. Yes. What do you think wrestling fans are in for when they see this? They're in for an awesome ride with some really great wrestling, but a great story. It's a great story about a tremendous wrestling family that had a lot of trials and it really shows the glue that can either keep a family together or can completely tear them apart. Yeah. And get ready to cry. <laughs> yeah. You know, and but, definitely but a few of those things for sure. But also too, I mean, it, you could have left the, the screening thinking, okay, I gotta, that's it. My life's over. I'm slitting my wrists because being so sad because that's where that story could have gone, but it didn't. And if you look at the end, you almost leave like, I mean, it was a standing ovation in Dallas. That was pretty awesome, wasn't yeah. it? Like, like I, I wasn't sure what to expect because I saw a screening of it. But, you know, a screening of just me and the director and the editor is one thing. I'm looking at, you know, how are the wrestling fans going to react? I'm like, there's, you know, there's people that are not happy unless they're unhappy. So they're going to criticize anything. And I, and I get it. I get what you know, I'm going to, I already know. I can always tell what they're going to say about certain things. And maybe not the wrestling scenes, but certain actors portraying other people, you know, I can see it. But at the same time, that's not, we weren't really tailoring it just for them. We're tailoring it for, you know, for the mainstream audience to actually see a great film. Yeah. Um, so I just think that the wrestling fans are going to see something that's, that's pretty, pretty awesome. That's give paying homage. Yeah to their, what they like. Yeah. Because a lot of times wrestling fans, what happens a lot of times they get, you know, they'll get made fun of because they're liking wrestling and from people that don't get it. And once people get it, like, oh, I get it now, okay. But this is like, we're doing a, a service, like really, really, like giving these wrestling fans something awesome they can be proud of. That's what I'm really proud of. Yeah, I mean, the excitement leading into this is huge. I think after the movie comes out, people are just going to be talking about this like crazy. So I'm so glad we got to like dive deep into yeah, this. Yeah, This is going to make people even more excited to see the movie. I hope so. I oh, hope definitely. so. It's a great film, man. It's a great film. And it's, yeah, you just go watch it. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, you're going to love yeah. it. You're going to love it. It's like, like Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah. If you didn't want to like a racing fan, it's still a great movie. Yeah, great example. So I'm going to ask you the question that I ended our last interview with and that I end every interview with. Right. What are three things in your life you're grateful for right now? Uh, I always say my family's, you know, number one for sure. You know, um, I'm grateful for my faith also as well. Um, God, I'm just grateful to wake up every morning. 
Yeah. You know, I'm grateful to, to wake up and be like, oh, I got a pretty, got a pretty good life. My yeah. wife is, it's, it's, my life is pretty, it's pretty awesome, you know. And um, sometimes I just look around my, you know, my, my house and my family and just think like, right now it's all decorated for Christmas and stuff. And I just, I looked at my wife the other day and I was like, hey, thank you for making our house a home. Mm. Because it's, it's, it really is that. It's a testament to her. It's, it's 100% her. But um, I, I said I'm really grateful for her. You know, I'm in a really good spot. I love that. Yeah. Chavo, so good to see Thanks, you. Man. Thanks, man. Great brother. to see you. Thanks for having me. Of course. My pleasure. Awesome. Hey, there we go. There we go. I told you in the intro that this interview would only make you more excited to see the movie. And I mean, come on. Come on. I've seen it twice now. I saw it at the world premiere in Dallas. That's where you saw some of those interviews on the red carpet. I also saw it last night at the L.A. premiere. And by the way, John Cena was at the L.A. premiere. Couldn't see him, but I heard he was there. No, John Cena was there, chatted with him briefly. So the movie comes out, in the U.S. at least, December 22nd. As a wrestling fan, you're going to love it. If you're not a huge wrestling fan or someone in your life that you know you want them to come see the movie with you, but they're like, oh, it's a wrestling movie, I don't know. It's a movie, like Chavo said, that just, it, it's for everyone. And it's mostly really about like relationships and family, everything that goes on with that. You're going to love the movie. If you enjoyed this interview, if you loved this interview, snap a screenshot and tag us. Just let us know that you're listening to this. Tag us on social media. He's at Max Warrior on Twitter. He's at Chavo Guerrero Jr. on Instagram. I'm at Chris Van Vliet on all of them. And how about this quote from Cicero to wrap things up here? And I just feel like it's fitting for Chavo's whole story of like, what do I do after wrestling? Like, what should I get into? This quote is so fitting. More is lost by indecision than wrong decision. One more time. More is lost by indecision than wrong decision. Be great. Be grateful. We will see you on the next one. For some more insight with former WWE superstar Lacey Evans on the show.